This weekend was wild for Michigan sky watchers and for reporters taking in news of an object the Department of Defense observed and fired on in the skies over Lake Huron. Another high-altitude object was shot out of the sky this afternoon, this time over Lake Huron. Last night, Pentagon officials held a briefing to speak about their decision to shoot down this NORAD um, based out of Colorado Springs, which has the mission of protecting the United States, um, was is paying extremely close attention now to anything that's flying in our skies. They really lowered the threshold of what they're looking at, and this pinged on the radars. What was it exactly? Was it foreign surveillance equipment? Innocent photography rig blown off course? Maybe little green men surfing the Great Lakes? Vaguely, we know that it was about at the speed of the wind. Um, there's, there's not a lot of information about what was keeping it aloft even. Today, yet another flying object shot down and what Pentagon officials are and are not saying about it. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. Joining us with what we do know are Michigan Radio editor Brett Dahlberg and Melissa Nan Burke, a reporter for the Detroit News who was also on the story this weekend. Brett, Melissa, welcome to you both. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. So, Brett, who was the first to spot this thing? Do we know? Well, we've got to go back a couple days now to Saturday when U.S. Northern Command picked up a contact uh, over Montana. And it's likely we're hearing from military officials that that's the same object that was brought down over Lake Huron. So they haven't yet connected all the dots. It's not clear whether they'll be able to, but we're hearing that the track that the object follows seems to indicate that it was the same one that was picked up over Montana. And there was some concern about that because it seemed to be maybe loitering near a military installation there. Oh, boy. Melissa, do we know when it first entered Michigan airspace? I don't know that we know exactly when it crossed into Michigan airspace. I, I My understanding is that, um, that NORAD uh, military on Sunday morning picked back up on on radar this this object in over Wisconsin and they tracked it over from you know over Wisconsin Lake Michigan the upper peninsula of Michigan and and then that is where after it left the eastern side of the UP uh, about 15 nautical miles out over Lake Huron is where they shot it down over the water wow. Brett do we have any information on I don't know how fast this thing was moving, uh, which direction. I kind of get the idea it was west to east or how high up it was flying. Yeah. So we heard from the commander of NORAD yesterday that it's not clear whether it's got some kind of gaseous system that's keeping it buoyant in the air or whether there's a propulsion system. Uh, and so it seems to be just kind of tracking with the weather, with the wind. It was brought down when it was at about 20,000 feet, which is well within the range of civilian aviation. And that's one of the reasons the Pentagon gives for for bringing it down ultimately was that it, it, despite that it didn't seem to present any active military threat, it could have been a threat to civilian aviation. Melissa, is anybody saying what this thing actually was yet? Uh, No. In fact, the, the, on the, on the briefing, with the Pentagon folks last night, you know, they, they explicitly refused to categorize it as a, as a balloon, as something similar to uh, the Chinese surveillance balloon that was much larger 
uh, than these last three objects uh, that was, of course, shot down over off the coast of South Carolina uh, last week. Um, that one was also much higher in the air. I think it was at about 60 to 65,000 feet of altitude. Um, they are being very careful. They, they, they really want to, they say they want to examine the debris. Uh, that is why they are, you know, going out and collecting or trying to recover as much as they can of these objects. Um, and so, so far it's been a lot of speculation about what these might be and, uh, leading to a lot of questions and, um, theories. No question. And I mean, I certainly, Brett, I certainly understand the reticence to uh, get out and call it something, call the object something, something that it may not be. But on the other hand, what else could it be? I mean, has anybody, have you seen any credible ideas about what an object like this moving at wind speed might be at that altitude? You know, it's really, really hard to make any kind of have any kind of credible idea at this point, especially because even last night uh, on that Pentagon briefing, they refused to describe even the shape of it. Part of the problem is that these three most recently shot down objects are moving so slow and are so small in comparison to the fighter jets that are trying to get close, inspect them and ultimately shoot them down, that it's hard for the pilots to even see them. And so we heard from Pentagon officials that they're not even willing to describe the shape of them. All they're willing to say is they're a lot smaller. And they're very confident that they're a lot different than that suspected Chinese surveillance balloon that was brought down. Well, fair enough. Melissa, in terms of uh, how this thing was moving or the kind of place it was in, does, does this have, has this incident fit any kind of pattern for the, the prior, the prior objects that the Department of Defense has been concerned with? I, I would say not. I mean, it's different in the sense that, you know, the, the last two, they were shot down Friday and Saturday. You know, there was one shot down over Alaskan waters um, on Friday. I believe we learned of that one, which was described as the size of a small car. And then there was one shot down Saturday over Canada's Yukon Territory um, that was described as being cylindrical in shape. Both of those were over pretty remote areas. Um, this is, you know, the Great Lakes and Wisconsin and Michigan uh, are are more populous areas. You know, it, it's so in that sense, it was kind of made you wonder, like, what it could be, because you would think something like that would be launched from like within the continent, you know. And um, so in that sense, I was kind of scratching my head. Um, I, I would add, though, that, you know, the, the Pentagon officials who briefed us last night did stress that they have heightened um, or enhanced their radar since the shooting down of the larger uh, Chinese surveillance balloon on February 4th. And so that they, they, they warned that that could explain why they are finding more of these objects. And they, and they also warned that, you know, there, there are non-nefarious reasons why somebody, you know, some or some entity, some research group or an academic might be floating these devices. We just we just don't have enough information yet as to what this one is. We need to take a break. More in just a minute. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from the University of Michigan's Go Blue Guarantee, committed to keeping a U of M undergraduate education within reach of all Michigan residents, regardless of socioeconomic status. 
Programs are available for all three campuses. More at gobluegarantee.umich.edu. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Brett Dahlberg, I feel like there was a lot of speculation making the rounds on social media this weekend, but very few actual statements from people in a position to know that we could take to the bank. Um, Has the flow of information through the weekend open up at all? Well, I mean, it's it's really tough to say still. I will say on that on that briefing, uh, a reporter asked can you rule out extraterrestrials? Can you rule out aliens? Uh, And the commander of NORAD said he's not ruling anything out. And so there's just, I mean, I hate to open it up to more speculation, but there is really nothing that we know definitively at this point. Although, as Melissa said, there are completely non-nefarious, totally terrestrial explanations uh, that could apply here also. We just don't know. Wow. Well, I'm just for my part, I want to believe um, <laughs> Melissa, have you been able to learn anything new since you published on this? Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin uh, had a, an event this morning in Howell that I tuned into, and she got a question, as you might expect, on the UFO um, possibility, which she threw cold water on. You know, she said the, you know, the chances are this is just a normal run-of-the-mill thing that you know folks like her who come um, from the intelligence side of things. Uh, you know, know and look to exploit in terms of trying to learn more, you know, about our adversaries. And um, she also did say that recovery of this object has been uh, hampered by very choppy waters on the lake this morning. They did say last night that this thing was drifting quite a bit and that had likely gone into Canadian waters. My understanding is Coast Guard and other entities are working to, to get it back to the shore, I assume. Not sure where. Do both of you have the sense that U.S. and Canadian uh, uh, military are are collaborating and are talking to each other about this stuff? That's what we heard from the Pentagon. Yeah, that there's coordination both between. So it's in the United States, it's technically the FBI that has jurisdiction over this kind of counterintelligence domain. And the FBI then is working with the U.S. military and then those two agencies in concert with uh, Canadian agencies. Do we know what comes next in the investigation of this incident, Melissa? My understanding is is really it hinges on what they're able to recover, because they noted last night that they still haven't gotten their hands on the device that was shot down or the object that was shot down over Alaskan waters um, just because of the remoteness of where that was located. I think once they get to take a closer look at some of these things, we'll get a few answers. I mean, hopefully in the next few days. But uh, that that's my understanding is it's going to take a bit of time. Melissa, Brett, thank you both so much. This is such a fascinating story. We can't wait to see what's coming next. Thanks, April. Thank you. 
And that's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Bear. You can find full Stateside episodes to stream at michiganradio.org. Today's podcast was produced by Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our executive producer is Laura Weber Davis. Music for the podcast comes from Blue Dot Sessions. Thanks so much for listening. And please remember, the truth is out there. Bye-bye.